anybody that's an overnight sensation, I guarantee you there's seven to 10 years of hard work while nobody was paying attention that got them to the point where they could become an overnight sensation. Picasso. Picasso is probably one of the most revered painters of all time. But what most people don't stop and think about is the fact that in his lifetime, Picasso created almost 50,000 works of art to turn out just a hundred masterpieces. Michael Jordan, incredible basketball player. Do you know he missed 9,000 shots in pro basketball? Or Elizabeth Blackwell, she's the first woman to ever go to med school. She was rejected by 29 schools. Success is a numbers game. It's true for everybody that you admire. It is true for me, and it is going to be true for you. When you show appreciation, you influence somebody, you change them. You can't help but like somebody that is cheering for you. At every single concert, Taylor Swift had a special guest. Ellen DeGeneres, Serena Williams. Sean's back. I'm back. And your new song is amazing. Thank you. And she would show tremendous appreciation for them. She'd cheer for them on social media. She was triggering something called the law of reciprocity. It's this moral code that we live by. You do nice by me, I'll do nice by you. You see, every human being wants the exact same thing. I don't care how old you are, what you do for a living, how much money you make, whether or not you've got an advanced degree or you never graduated from high school. We all want to feel like we matter. Consciously cheer for your colleagues, cheer for your friends, compliment people's idea at work. The more that you're a fan of other people, the more fans that you're going to have in life. Okay, how many procrastinators are in the room? Raise your hand. And everybody else is just <laughs> procrastinating on raising their hand. <laughs> I'm about to change your life because this piece of research changed mine. Procrastination has nothing to do with work. The people that write to us the most that struggle with procrastinating, PhD students, engineers, entrepreneurs, people that have a lot on their plate, that have a lot of things that they need to juggle and that are analytical and thinkers by nature. Procrastination is a form of stress relief. What are you stressed about? I want to get out of this business of real estate. I want to retire in the next five years. And I can't because I have not saved up. I have not gotten the money that I need to be successful. Bingo, and it makes you upset, doesn't it? Yeah. How many of you can relate to that? She said that what's stressing her out is she wants to retire. She hasn't saved up enough money. What's really stressing you out is finances and money and the fear that you have. But what happens when you struggle with procrastinating, and thank you for being so honest, there's that stresses you out. Maybe you feel the same way. I mean, we felt that way. I know exactly what you're talking about. You carry around this dark cloud because you don't think you're gonna make it and you're stressed about money all the time. Or maybe your mom's health is declining and that really stresses you out. Or maybe your best friends are going through a divorce or you're going through a divorce and that really stresses you out. And so you walk around with this big ass thing on your shoulders all the time. And then you walk into work and you sit down and you've got a list of phone calls to make, which requires your prefrontal cortex. And your prefrontal cortex looks at the list and it's like, oh my God, 
You want me to make 15 phone calls? I've been worried about the money all day. Can we just look at cat videos? I need a break. And next thing you know, two hours is gone. You've been online shopping, you've been looking at cat videos. And then of course you look at the 15 phone calls and you're like, I didn't make them, I didn't make them, I didn't make them. The research on procrastination is undeniable. It's black and white. Number one, all of you that procrastinate, procrastination's not the issue, it's stress. You're procrastinating to give yourself a little break at work. It's sort of like taking a smoking break almost, you know? You're just taking a break. So number one, because you're all stressed out and procrastinators are very hard on yourselves, this is gonna sound super stupid, but you gotta forgive yourself. You have got to actually have a talk with yourself where where you feel yourself starting to procrastinate, you go, look, you know, I really screwed up. I know I'm in a mess financially. I forgive myself. I'm just gonna do the best that I can. So you have to address the thing that's underneath it. So that self-awareness of knowing, oh my God, here's that stress again about finances, screwing me over and preventing me from doing the small things that will actually fix my finances. Second thing that you're gonna do, procrastination's a habit, right? You get triggered by stress, the habit is to procrastinate. So when you get triggered by stress, your new habit is, oh, there's my stress again. I'm gonna actually Tell myself, okay, you've done the best you can. It's okay, we're gonna do a little bit today. You're gonna create what we call starting ritual. A starting ritual is something that pushes you to start. The best one on the planet, the five second rule. So you've said, okay, there's my stress again. I forgive myself. Now we're gonna five, four, three, two, one. I want you to only work for five minutes. That's it, five minutes. Make phone calls for five minutes. Here's what we know based on the research. 80% of you will keep going. The trick is starting. You see, I want to break the connection between the trigger, which is stress, and the response, which is procrastination. And whenever you feel stress, which is normal, you have a choice. Here's that gap. In five seconds flat, the habit of procrastinating and beating yourself up will take over. Or you can close the gap, five, four, three, two, one, and you can make a different choice. I'm just gonna get started. I'm just gonna be okay with where I'm at, and I'm just gonna get started. Got it? Good. Welcome. You may or may not have seen the TED talk that I gave a few years ago. One of the things that surprised me the most about that talk is that we hear from people around the world that write about one segment in particular. And let me play that segment for you because it sets up the conversation for today. And it's this concept of parenting yourself. When you become 18, nobody tells you that it's now gonna be your job to parent yourself. And by parent yourself, I mean it's your job to make yourself do the crap you don't wanna do so you can be everything that you're supposed to be. And you're so damn busy waiting to feel like it. And you're never going to. My son never feels like getting off his DS. That's my job, get off the damn DS. Kendall, clean up the Barbies. If you're gonna have a nude party in my bathroom, at least clean it up. As parents, and you were a kid, your parents make you do the things you don't feel like doing. Because you won't, ever. Not now, not then, not ever. And even when you get good at something, you'll figure out something else you don't wanna do. And then you'll plateau out and you'll get bored and you're like, I hate this job, it's uh, boring. Uh. But will you look for a new one? No, you'll just bitch about that one. It's very, very simple to get what you want, but it's not easy. Wow, 
you know, that talk was six years ago. I cannot believe how little my kids were back then. And I also hate watching it because that was the first time I'd ever given a speech. So my voice is like really screechy and I swear, which I typically don't do on stage ever. So woof. Anyway, this concept of parenting yourself is really, really important for you to wrap your brain around. And let me dig into it just a little bit. I write extensively in part two of the five second rule book about how we make decisions and the fact that we make decisions not based on what we know we need to do, not based on our goals, but based on how we feel right now. It's your feelings that make the decision for you. It's one of the reasons why parents are so important for kids, because if we let it up to kids to do whatever they felt like doing, they'd never go to school, they'd never do their homework, they'd never use their manners, they'd never learn to eat correctly, they'd never do anything. They'd just sit around and watch TV all day. That's the job of a parent. What most of us don't realize though, and this is what I was alluding to in the TED Talk, is that when you become 18, when you move out of the house, when you're an adult, you have to parent yourself. Here's the rub. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to feel like doing the things you need to do in order to have what you want. You're always going to need to push yourself. You're always going to need to parent yourself. So what is the net advice on this? What, what is the bottom line? The bottom line is no one's coming. No one. No one's coming to push you. No one's coming to tell you to turn the TV off. No one's coming to tell you to get out the door and exercise. Nobody's coming to tell you to apply for that job that you've always dreamt about. Nobody's coming to write the business plan for you. It's up to you. And because you're only ever gonna do the things that you feel like doing right now or that feel good right now, unless you understand that you've got to parent yourself, you gotta push yourself, you're not gonna make your dreams come true. You're just not. We're not wired that way. You weren't born that way, you weren't that way when you were growing up, and you're certainly not that way as an adult. And there's a tremendous amount of liberation that comes when you accept the fact that you're always going to need to give yourself a push.